Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I'm an author and founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My co-host is my friend Chan. Hello, back again. And today we are discussing chapter 22 of Persuasion by Jane Austen. So in chapter 22, Anne is supposed to go and talk to Lady Russell and tell her the secrets about Mr. Elliot. But then Charles and Mary turn up and it turns out the Musgroves have come to Bath. So Anne goes to visit them and Captain Wentworth's there and it's a little bit awkward. Anne's father and sister turn up and put a chill over the whole situation <laughs> and invite everybody to an evening party. And they see Mr. Elliot out the window with Mrs. Clay. And Anne goes home and eventually confronts Mrs. Clay about it, who is all innocence. So Anne had never considered herself as entitled to reward for not slighting an old friend like Mrs. Smith, but there was reward indeed springing from it. Mrs. Smith had been able to tell her what no one else could have done. Anne thinks about wanting to tell her family about this, but considers it a vain idea where she knows that she can talk to Lady Russell and Lady Russell would actually listen, whereas her sister and father would just dismiss it. They'd probably discern it was appropriate behaviour. I don't think they'd like the way that he talked about the family, though. Oh, no, no. I was thinking more in terms of what, you know... Not executing the will? Mrs Smith is beneath his notice and it was foolish of the man to... Not provide for his wife? Yes. In going to visit Mrs Smith... Anne has avoided seeing Mr. Elliot, but he is invited that evening because he gave so many hints that he wanted to be invited. And Elizabeth says, I'm scarcely sensible of his attentions being beyond those of other men. (laughs) Oh dear, she's so oblivious, isn't she? (laughs) Because she and Mrs. Clay are still under the impression that Mr. Elliot is after Elizabeth. Well, I don't really think Mrs. Clay is under that impression at all. My view is Mrs. Clay has seen the like character. They're both schemers and wanting to do well for themselves. Yes. So Mr. Elliot comes and it's quite awkward for Anne. She sees his insincerity, his artificial good sentiments. She meant to avoid any alteration of manners that would let him know that something was wrong. And she had to retrace as quietly as she could the few steps of unnecessary intimacy she had been gradually led along. A little bit earlier you've got Mrs. Clay talking about... Mr. Elliot, exactly like father and son. Dear Miss Elliot, may I not say father and son? <laughs> oh no, so clever. She knows exactly how to manipulate Elizabeth, who, quite frankly, <laughs> are they really that oblivious? Yes. Anne refers to Mrs. Clay and Mr. Elliot as hypocrites. I admire the good acting. She knew. Mrs. Clay's selfishness was not so complicit nor as so revolting Mm. as his. And Anne even has this thought that I never noticed before, that she would rather Mrs. Clay marry her father and then be rid of Mr. Elliot. It was impossible that Mrs. Clay must hate the sight of Mr. Elliot. (laughs) Little did she know. Mm. She did mention earlier in the book about a sense of something being off-key when she spoke with Mr. Elliot. And here she's actually recognising, now she knows he was not sincere. Then the next day, Anne is planning to go and see Lady Russell. But Charles and Mary turn up! Out of the blue! The hilarious thing is Sir Walter and Elizabeth waiting until it becomes clear that these, their nearest relations, would not arrive with any views of accommodation (laughs) in that house. (laughs) 
before they welcome them. I know. Just such hypocrites. Part of the party coming to Bath was because Mary could not bear to be left. No, of course, that's well, that's pretty well. Charles is the epitome of the, you know, he, he could fit in as a Kiwi rugby fiend, couldn't he really? He's just so sporting mad. He's talking about his new brother-in-law, or to be, Charles Hayter, and that he's got a position. And the thing that he is most concerned about with the position is that there are three great proprietors who may give him access to shooting. Not to better positions, but to shooting. And he thinks he might not take advantage of them. (laughs) He's devastated. He remarks about Captain Harville. He reads an awful lot, but it's okay. He's actually really quite good at sport as well. You know, he quite enjoys a good hunt. (laughs) Elizabeth agrees to pay Mrs Musgrove a visit. And Anne just walks off with him to go back. There's a beautiful scene of chaos in the hotel room where everybody's coming and going and visiting and there's a beautiful picture of Mary standing by the window uh, with Anne having to um, alter her ribbons to settling her accounts, finding her keys, assorting her trinkets, trying to convince her that she was not ill-used by anybody. There was a heartiness and a warmth and a sincerity which Anne delighted in the more from the sad want of such blessings at home. Mm -hmm. The Musgroves bring their home with them to this hotel. I do think that if Anne had married into the family, she would have been happy because they're a lovely family. And then there's a beautiful bit, which is very Mr. and Mrs. Bennet, of Charles saying, let's go to the theatre. And Mary's saying, no, you can't. We're going to my father's house for a party. Charles reserved the advantage of still teasing his wife by persisting that he would go to the play tomorrow if nobody else would. (laughs) After they decided that's not what's going to happen. Captain Wentworth comes and sits by Anne and it's the first time they've talked about former times because Anne has said, I don't like evening parties. And he sits next to her and says, I know you didn't previously, but it's been a long time. And she says, I'm not yet so much changed. And he actually says, it is a period indeed, eight years and a half as a period. They've never discussed this before. They've always been so careful to not talk about having known each other formally. Deliberately avoided any mention of the past. They've been very formal. And she's getting quite excited about this talk. And then her bloody father and sister turn up and ruin it. And they ruin the entire thing for everybody. It seemed to give a general chill. The comfort, the freedom, the gaiety of the room was over. Hushed into cold composure, determined silence or insipid talk to meet the heartless elegance of her father and sister. They only stay for a 10 minutes formal visit, thankfully, but Anne never really recovers from it. On the one hand, she's pleased that they have acknowledged Captain Wentworth and they go so far as to invite him to the evening party with a card. But really, she knows he's got no time for them because the only reason that they're acknowledging him is because... The truth was, Elizabeth had been long enough in Bath to understand the importance of a man of such air that Captain Wentworth could move about well in the drawing room. So basically, he was now an ornament. He had no need to be, no desire to be appreciated in that, because he doesn't respect them in the slightest. And they treated him terribly in the past. Oh, 
and they're really treating the Musgroves badly by not actually inviting them to dinner, only inviting them to come round after dinner for an evening. Their family, you would invite them to dinner. They've been to dinner other places. After they've left and Mary makes a whole thing about the fact that Captain Wentworth was invited and Anne's just like exhausted. At present she felt unequal to move and fit only for home where she might be sure of being as silent as she chose. Her family embarrass her at every turn, don't they? They really do. Jane Austen's really good at writing embarrassing families. I dare say she must have had her own. (laughs) What I've read about her mother, who was the archetypal hypochondriac, and basically you have a lot of time to observe things in those days, didn't you? You would see all sorts of families. What we didn't mention is that Mary sees Mr. Elliot outside the window. And Mr. Elliot quite purposely has mentioned that he's going to be out of town for two days, that he was leaving that morning. But not only Mr. Elliot, but Mrs. Clay talking to Mr. Elliot. So we now start to see there's more to the plot than we might have thought. There is something going on between these two. And despite her exhaustion, manages to rouse herself enough to go, Mrs. Clay, I saw you with Mr. Elliot. What's that about? Mm-hmm. She handles it very well. I have a smattering of respect for Mrs. Clay. She's in an invidious situation and she's doing what she can to improve a lot for herself and her child. Now, I don't necessarily agree that the solution she came up with was the right one, but she never treats Anne badly. So it's funny because at the start of the chapter, Mrs. Clay is going out and Anne delays going out to see Lady Russell because she wants to avoid having Mrs. Clay as a companion but it seems like Mrs. Clay wouldn't have wanted her as a, a companion, companion yeah. because she had an assignation with Mr. Elliot. Yes. Yes, and one wonders if um, maybe look back at the conversation from the night before. Was he actually making the assignation at the time and nobody picked it up? This chapter was quite long and I was thinking, oh my God, is this the letter chapter? No, yeah. It's, I was, it's not. This is a whole chapter that I almost feel like I didn't, I've never read before. It was quite interesting. And that is our summary of chapter 22 of Persuasion by Jane Austen. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of... The Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble, and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!